Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, buenos era. I'm Florence Ion. This is The Material Podcast. You're listening to episode number 147. And I'm here, joined by my co-hosts, gentlemen. Uh, I'm Russell Ivanovich. Buenas noches, amigos. Sorry about my terrible pronunciation. Wait, but did I'm I say the wrong thing? I said buenos eras. Is- <laughs> bon- no, buenos eras. It's, 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 it's Italian. Good evening. Good evening, Andy. Mr. Andy and Yes. <laughs> We've nailed this opening, by the way. Nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Exactly. We don't really exactly. have an opening. We just kind of. We just kind of. Well, I, hey. I, I, I think I think the <laughs> listeners appreciate that because a lot of them and Rus- Russell, I'm sure you'll back me up on this because you're the expert on on podcast listening. Like the 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 ones that I ups- unsubscribe to are the ones that feel like. Uh, they, they've got they, they have a few production dollars and they feel like let's open the show with a dramatic signature musical sting so that if the listener has been listening to an npr podcast which i said, was just gonna this say is brought to you by your sponsors and thank you for listening to all things quiet and sullen and then suddenly ba-bang, 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 and you've got the music. Yeah, so I think I think we're 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 conversational we're your friends we're so not speaking to- of of conversation just very quickly i want to Add to that point, I just listened to Reveal's podcast last week, which, by the way, is about Tesla and Silicon Valley, so it is relevant. Um, The whole episode used music in the background, uh, singers, like a a chorus of singers, to uh, sing data. Like all the data was quantified, and then they used that and converted it into notes. Anyway, it was very, very cool. The episode, you should go listen to it. Reveal, reveal news. <laughs> I've I haven't. Heard, what, what's the reveal podcast? I haven't heard of it. Um, reveal podcast is. I want to. I want to make sure I say the right thing, uh, so that I am not misspeaking. So it's from the Center for Investigative Reporting, um, and a lot of the people on the podcast I have heard on like Bay Area radio, news radio. So there's a little bit of a connection okay. for me from there. Great, but it's good. Uh, anyway, on to actual like news that you know people are here for. <laughs> well, no, no, we we I, I've I've just had my I've just had my nine p.m. coffee. Metaphorically, oh, I I don't drink lucky. coffee. It is nine p.m. and this is actually so, a clear vodka. But still, the vodka has not hit my system yet. So I I, I would I would much rather start off by complaining. Uh, yes, it's the, please. It's, it's the best kind of complaining too. Uh, where I'm not complaining to anybody who has any power to change this, so you basically have to be this emotional sponge who has to sop up my leftover frustration and, yes. and anger. Thank you very much. Uh, but no, I, I was ha- I was having some. Uh, there, there, there needs to be an index of how bad and how or how bad or how annoying a problem is before you actually get off your duff and yes. try to solve it. Cause there are a lot of problems where like, like, like Apple reminding me every single day, you have updates available. Would you like to install them now? Or shall I remind you tomorrow? And it's that war of you wills. Like, do your uh, updates. Uh, well, well, but uh, no, cause uh, well, yes, if it's a security update, but not if it's a, Hey, we noticed that that Caterpillar maze game you downloaded eight months ago, tried once then forgot has been updated. Shall I annoy you once a day until you actually click into it? See, at some point you you uh, you acknowledge a problem, but you have to reach a breaking point. Just last night, I reached a breaking point of a problem I was having with Google Music, where um, 
I will admit that maybe I've been I have been using it incorrectly or just carelessly. Uh, I had I uploaded my entire library to it, and it's I've got the the plugin that uh, automatically syncs my entire library as I keep adding to it uh, to Google Music. So it has like my actual CDs that I've ripped. But also there are times where like I'm on the road and because I'm not 100% sympathetic to the Google Play interface, sometimes it's just easier to do a Google search for – do a search in the music app for the album I want and then say, yes, absolutely play this, add this to my library uh, and I want you to download this because – and I don't, I don't really know which is subscription music and which is my music. And oftentimes it, t- it turns out that I've been adding subscription music that I already had in my music library as an upload. Okay, that part is on me. But the part where every every time thereafter when I ask, please play, uh, uh, please ba- play uh, David Bowie's Hunky Dory, it suddenly will play – it will repeat every track three times. Because maybe it exists in my library three times. First, first there's the copy from my own personal library CD that I uploaded. Then there's the original edition that I must have added at some point from the subscription. Then maybe there was a remastered edition that I also added to some. So Sounds I don't. Bad. That's that's silly. It seems like an obvious thing that, that really should bad. not should not happen, right? And as much as I love Hunky Dory, I would I would love to listen to that album three times in a row, but not even Life on Mars three times in a row after I've heard every other tr- track three times in a row. It really does make me Rest think in that peace, I'm, but not three times in a row. I get it exactly a, a million times in a row, yes, but three times in a row when I don't want it to. No, so I finally, I, so I, I I'm pretty sure I know that that's what the reason what the reason was. I thought uh, after thinking about this, I thought, well, wouldn't it be easy if I, uh, given that I already use Plex as my canonical like repository for physical media it wouldn't hurt that much if i just simply had uh, if i simply had google music delete all of the music that i have uploaded cuz again i already have a copy of it and it's uh, at home and it's already it's just causing problems and so i go to i look i look into it uh, there's you go into settings and there's a, a delete button and the delete button says this will delete all of your purchased music and all of your uploaded music which i think must be exactly what i'm looking for because it does not include subscription music so all the albums i don't own that i've that i've also added i want those to be kept i also want to keep the playlist of every single song that i've thumbs up to which is your this base this huge 2000 now this huge 2000 song playlist of largely music i don't own that i need to like check back again to maybe buy some out al- more albums for so but knowing that there was probably not going to be a magical blue button i could click after that to say oops i've made a horrible mistake please pretend as though i didn't just do that i looked through the help system looked through google support and found out found another google support document that says that that button will in fact reset my account to zero so Ooh. so <laughs> but okay now, now here now here's here's good that stuff gave me a little anxiety by the way as you're exactly we're we're, <laughs> we're 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 in this the section of the Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford 1990s movie where the fugitive the the, the quaint suburban ha, has it all together dad suddenly realizes that perhaps his world is about to collapse around him and he's in a world that he does not understand so but one of the things i love about google is that and some people don't even understand this that there is you can click a button and get live tech support you can just ask any question and a person will either via voice over the phone or if you don't like to have to you know shower and shave your voice to be presentable you can just simply you know type text so i i phrased this question method exactly (laughs) they 
so so they so say they walk me through it so yeah absolutely that is exactly what's going to happen you'll delete everything that you have and so because this guy was nice i wasn't i wasn't i, I want to make sure make sure you know that i wasn't hassling this guy i simply i simply know that at google it's not they're not like contractors that are like in from the car from the the mcdonald's with wi-fi where they work from is you know it is inside google and their metrics and their whatever what they what they do is like you know logged in and stuff like that so i simply said oh by the way user feedback it would be really really wonderful if uh, number one you should change the help the help text inside the app because it's it's not even ambiguous it explicitly says this will delete it doesn't have it doesn't say this will delete only your uh subscribe your subscribed music excuse me only your uploaded music and your purchased music but it does specifically say these two things and it doesn't mention the third thing you should change that and also boy wouldn't it be great if you had if there was an automatically generated playlist in the collection of automatically generated playlists that was just all the music that you have uploaded because then i could just simply click this uh, open this playlist select all delete and i've been done so um I don't know whether he was being polite, but he said, ooh, those those really are great ideas. I'll be sure to pass those along, and we'll see if we can get <laughs> Straight those. Straight to the shredder. I have to exactly. know, though, Andy. Did you get the impression that it was uh, Vince Vaughn or uh, what's the other guy's name? Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Weird Which knows. one of them gave you support? Because we all know they worked on the help desk for a day, so it must have been one of them, yeah. Uh, actually, I think it was one of the uh, nerdy people who had graduated college at 16 and knew everything uh, that was technical, yep, yep, but yep. didn't know so much about the social uh, aspect of the job uh, <laughs> and who had been uh, had been motivated to, let's say, let his or her hair down, as it were, uh, in the shadow of these much more older and more wiser uh, older heads. So uh, what I'm saying is that... Uh, don't, don't don't click the delete button thinking that you'll keep your subscription music. It will not. And if it turns out that a few weeks from now or a couple of months from now, these this stuff is fixed and these features have been added. This is this will be an Andy and Otko feature. These will be two Andy and Otko features that I brought to you. Even those of you who have not, you know, uh, bought memberships because I'm here to help everybody, not just people who have bought memberships for material. And like, here's the thing: Google Play Music, not the most perfect. Music app, it's not exactly a perfect, like, default music service for Android users. Um, You know, I'm a Spotify user myself. I went that way. The reason I like it is because I really like the the algorithm that helps me find music. And um, I really like having the playlist ability, especially the, like, overall playlist, the one that just encompasses every song that you have. And I just, like, put it on shuffle. So it'll be, like, you know... The song from that or era one minute, the song from that era of my life another minute. <laughs> you know. Wait, can, now, can, can it actually see this? This is why if Facebook were to have a, a music service, it could be either the most wonderful thing or, or probably the most horrible thing. But it could say, "Hi, uh, play me music that will remind me of that time I stopped talking to my cousin Dale." Even though, as you know, we were like fast friends. We were not even like relatives. We were just almost like brothers and sisters. Uh, yes. we got on. But then the he did that approach. thing because of that per- party he went to that I wasn't invited to because he posted those photos. And what make me feel the way I felt in June of 2002. Well, you know what date it is. That's what I'm looking for. When was the last time I was really happy, Facebook? Play me music from back then. Exactly. Okay. Bing, Bing, Cros- anyway. Bing Crosby on Victory, 78 oh RPM. Wow, okay. I'm um, just a vagabond. <laughs> I'm going to have to stop you there before we go down memory lane because I, 
I do see the next thing in the uh, show notes. It says, Flo's experience setting up Yale Nest, which I have no idea what a Yale Nest is. I'm hoping that's a, a nest from like Yale University slash college. Am I getting There's my American lingo Yale. right? And Nest Hello, and I believe, I'm going to put my uh, American lingo hat on, Flo. I believe you almost had a visit from the Popo. Did I get that right, kids? Did I get that right? That's what the Americans um, say, isn't you it? Say we, Popo, we, we, would also, we would also have accepted the 5 0. Or Johnny Law. That's more British, isn't it? Johnny Law is, is, yeah. Yes. Um, Well, so actually the police call had actually nothing to do with these two devices at all. That had to do with a third secure device that I'm testing. Uh, I've got a lot of security stuff going on right now in my house. I've been like in, in super... DIY security crunch mode the last like two months, just learning everything about this stuff, how they work. Um, just, I've never had a security system before in my life. So I had to basically learn what it's like to live with this sort of thing and get into this habit. So the latest addition to my, my crew of machines that I have operating here at Flow Manor. Uh, can can, can is, we just for one second and assure the listeners this is professionally related, something that you're writing. We don't need to say for whom. This is not because there are mutants and orcs and zombies within 30 yes. miles of the house that you're trying to protect yes. against. I am not. Okay. I mean, I am just fine where I'm at in life. Uh, <laughs> the house is fine. Everything's fine where we are. Uh, I just am doing this for money because it's, uh, you know, it's fun. It's it's fun. It's an interesting uh, it's an interesting part of the gadget world now because this kind of goes outside of the tech sections of Best Buy and Target. Um, this is a world that has permeated inside the great big box stores of Lowe's and Home Depot, which are our <laughs> giant manufacturing houses to buy lumber and apparently connected locks and doorbells. So what I got uh, this week is the Yale and Nest lock. So it is the Yale lock. It's made by a company called Yale. They are very much known for their mechanical locks and deadbolts. This is a deadbolt, by the way, for those wondering. Uh, It's the Yale and Nest lock with the Nest Hello. And the Nest Hello is the doorbell, the camera doorbell that Nest announced last September, by the way. It's been quite a while since they announced this one. So it finally just launched. These two are kind of offered as a package. If you go to the brick and mortars, you can get them as like a set or you can bind them individually. I, fun fact, there's a little hub that comes with the Yale Nest Lock because Nest now makes like a little, um, I don't know if you guys know about Google Thread. Do you guys know about Google Thread? Google Thread. Was that like Google Wave? Was it like a, a sequel to it? Please tell me it is. No, it has nothing to do with Google Wave, RIP. Um, No, Google Thread is its smart home protocol that works between the Nest devices so that they run on their own, basically their own wireless configuration. So rather than using like Zigbee and Z-Wave, which is the most popular uh, ones that are being used, those are like in the Samsung smart things and Wink hubs. Uh, This uses a proprietary one for all the Nest devices. So it keeps everything on its its own little connection thread. So everything just like works instantly. And it's really cool to see because if I know if I were doing this through Bluetooth or Wi-Fi, I would I would be stabbing my eyes out um, <laughs> for lack of better phrasing. So I I just got off of a very like stressful day of having alarms blurring in my face. I actually have a slight headache as we're doing this podcast <laughs> <laughs> because that's the day I've had with these things. But the 
the Yale Nest Lock, um, the Nest Hello I installed, it took like 15, 20 minutes yesterday to install because I already had the ring doorbell set up for about two years. So I already had like all the paneling and everything. But this Yale Nest Lock, so what actually happened is of no fault of uh, Yale or Nest or, or anybody who provided me with this review unit. This is actually... Um, this is actually because my husband tried very hard to help me this morning. <laughs> I discovered Husbands, after. Am I right? The worst. After I had like hysterically emailed PR, like, I don't know what happened. What did I do? <laughs> I felt terrible. Anyway, because I just am quick to react, but whatever. Um, it is the way that I am. So I realized that. So this morning, my husband took out the deadbolt for me. He graciously did that part for me, which I really appreciated. He get, did the drill and he took it out before he left the house. And so there's this big gaping hole in my door for most of the day. So towards the <laughs> afternoon, I was like, I really need to, I needed to finally just tackle this because I was like, I, I've been kind of dreading it because I've never installed this sort of thing before. Like this is not like a plug and play DIY security system where you're just plugging in a hub and you're setting it up with an app and like, you know, bada bing, bada boom, everything like works within 20 minutes. This is like, you gotta get the screws out. You gotta put the screws in your pockets. Um, my nails are all like, I need to do myself a little manicure tonight because they are all, um, I, I was using them before I got a spudger. I was using them to try and pry things open, oh. <laughs> which is like not good. Oh, I'm crazy. I know, whatever. Strength of women. I am woman. <laughs> Here we were. Um, it was an interesting experience. It took me two hours to do, but this is after the alarm was blaring because what my husband did is this morning he tried to help me by installing the batteries uh, <laughs> in the thing before I had set any of it up. So when I actually, you're supposed to physically plug in a cable when you connect the two sides of the door lock, right? On either sides of the door. Mm -hmm. So when you connect that cable, the power cable that powers everything up, uh, if the batteries are already in, it thinks it's being tampered with. So it immediately <laughs> shoots off this alarm. Oh my God, it's it's actually really loud when you're right by it, which is a testament to the speakers in this thing, I will say. So so yeah, you, could, just, you, you would say that if you were a burglar who had just tampered with it, yes, you would be you inclined towards running away. You can't. And you making can't. the pain stop. Okay. Yeah, and my neighbors were like coming in and out, and uh, I could see the mailman coming up the pathway to like bring me my mail, and I'm just like, I have my noise canceling headphones on uh, these exact ones with like the you know the thing turned on to try and like drown out the because it started to give me a headache. So eventually, I couldn't figure out how to open the battery thing. Like I just I couldn't I didn't know, and you know why I, could, I didn't know is because I. I'm not very good at reading instructions. <laughs> well, also because you weren't the you 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 had been denied the opportunity to put the batteries in. Not yeah. only would you have avoided this, but you have also would have known so, to where how how to take the batteries out. So really, I think that particularly because your husband is not here to defend himself, <laughs> we can put yeah. all of this right on top of his head. One hundred percent. Well. Hey, you like know a what? like he, a spoiled flan. We'll put it right on top of his head. I can't. I can't because he all. he helped me a lot. And yesterday he taught me a lot about voltages and like how the doorbell works. <laughs> he's like, hey, so look, he's just lick like, these wires. See what happens. See that means the listen, power's on. I really I appreciate a lot of his help because he's been helping me learn all this stuff. Because this is not this is not stuff that I ever thought I would be dealing. Like I started my career benchmarking computers. 
<laughs> as an intern. Okay, <laughs> this comes a long way. Uh, I never thought I'd be taking apart doors, but I have to say, it is very cool that I can just launch an app and just <laughs> press a button for three seconds, and then I hear the deadbolt go. Or whatever. That was not the sound it makes, by the way. That was, a de- <laughs> that was not the sound bolt. at all that Deadbolts makes. Can, can, can it? Can you go into customization <laughs> settings? That's, that, that's, a, that's a selling opportunity right there. That's I want the, the, oh, the sound God. that came out. Especially, especially if it uses biometrics to, you know, so that you get the <laughs> sound from, oh, God, it's my cousin Ernie. Uh, so Quick, that don't is answer very the cool. phone. <laughs> also, the Nest Hello, by the way, can alert with the Google Home when people are at your door. So it hasn't worked yet, though, because, like, nobody's been at my door. <laughs> Maybe set a few Someone more alarms, get some people to come around. Uh, which is – so now I have – I live in a veritable fortress <laughs> at this point. You, you are your own princess in a castle. You've, you've barricaded your – you are your own evil godmother as well. <sighs> I'm sure – yes. Don't tell my parents that one because they already okay. – Call me. Anyway. So don't uh, <laughs> don't eat any apples and sleep as much as you want. I think are the two things you're allowed to do when you're a princess. I do already have three. I have like a mattress pad on top of like a mattress and a box spring, so I sleep on, on what's essentially three mattresses. <laughs> wow. So I'm already kind of the princess in the pea situation going on here. Uh, not to mention, I basically have everything delivered because I live like near Silicon Valley. So I I am anyway. Uh, one last note about the Nest Hello because Russell, I know you had some musings about it can't spend too long about it but i will say the camera is a lot better than what was going on with the ring oh interesting yeah because i I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on like ring versus nest you know if people are thinking about buying like one or the other like what's what's kind of your recommendation yeah Ooh, i don't know yet i don't know yet i've only had 12 hours with this thing and ultimately in like 10 days uh, which is how much time I have for this particular project. I am just like today I spent a lot of time with the automation techniques trying to figure out because I actually I actually ruined the automa- automation technique that I had going with the Nest Secure, which is the security system. But and and that, you know, when that thing goes on, it changes the thermostat and it turns on the security cameras and this is all <laughs> like all this connected stuff, which by the way is scary if you don't want wi-fi things in your house um i'm just gonna put that out there but at the same time i mean again i live in a fortress yeah so, so uh, but, okay well can, can you uh, I, I i'm in the same I, i'm a consumer of your upcoming uh, review wherever and whatever it appears because i have not put up my nest doorbell yet in this new place oh. because i've excuse me i have i'm sorry my ring doorbell yet uh, I, I, I took it with me from the old place. I, st- I haven't put it up, and this is a, this is an interior. You know, uh, there's a, it's, it's not like an outside door. It's, now this is an inside mm. door to my place, and so I'm trying to figure out whether I want to hold off and maybe get the nest instead. One of the things that's sort of um, one of the things that's sort of staying my hand is that you do. Whereas the nest, excuse me, whereas the ring doorbell could work. Ex- uh, entirely off of a rechargeable internal battery and you just simply pop it off and recharge it every few months when it needs to be recharged i i hear the the nest needs you you it physically needs wiring in order to operate so i'd have to like drill a hole like in this really beautiful 100 year old oak door or <laughs> i plaster wall. need to check that i need to check on that because 
That is when I switched gears and I went to go <laughs> install the doorbell with my husband. Say 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 hello to the nice had a bit, the had nice a men and women a... with, with the badges and the guns. Yeah. Who were I, I had to I had with. to uh, we tag team a little bit on that installation, so I need to double check on that one. But it does it did come with like the Nest adapter, like the hard wire, you know, with the okay. to plug it in. Um, but by the way, I never charged my ring. I never took the battery out and charged it. Those batteries, if you I've don't have it. the the proximity thing turned on, those batteries last forever. So I've had mine for six months, I want to say, and it's like at ninety percent. But I, I know uh, another guy that's that's got the the ring doorbell, and he turned all that proximity sensing stuff on, and he's charged his twice already, like in the same time. So. That must make a huge difference. And well, and, and even that's not a whole lot of times to have to recharge something. Yeah, Again, com- compared to compared to a lot of, a lot of people not wanting to drill a hole someplace, or yeah. maybe they don't have enough. They have one of those time. You know, there there was a time when people did not imagine needing to have a door, have a doorbell that was an electronic device three inches wide, and so so some of these things are like about the size of of, of a you know of, of a baby carrot, and so there's not enough room, so you have to really do a lot of drilling to do it. But I'm 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 I will follow this closely because uh, one of the, the uh, this move has been wonderful. I love it. The, one of the problems is that, however, there's lots of activity like outside my walls, like all the time and in the streets, and so it's very very difficult for me to tell the difference between like someone rapping on my door and like someone across you, the street. I don't think you want the nest hello because it also does sound. <laughs> I can walk. You can turn it off. It also does off. sound alerts. So it goes, the Nest Hello detected sound, um, which when it detected my heater going off this morning through oh, the God. hole in my door. <laughs> wow. Which I didn't even know. Powerful. Apparently. <laughs> a relay just, cl- just clipped, just, just, just clicked on. Scramble, scramble, all units, all units. Blue, blue, blue. Yeah. Careful. We might be interrupted by <laughs> another accidental triggering of one of my oh, many. I have no less than five security systems running right now. This is going to make for a fascinating article. I, I can't wait to read this. Flow. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, shall we? Let's let's jump into an ad real quick. This episode of Material is brought to you by Linode. With Linode, you'll have access to a suite of powerful hosting options with prices starting at $5 a month. And you'll be up and running with your own virtual server in the Linode cloud in under a minute. Linode offers industry-leading performance with native SSD storage, a 40-gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors. They now have 10 data centers spread across the world, meaning you can serve your customers even quicker than before. They have an API that allows you to easily automate tasks or develop custom applications in the cloud, and everything is manageable via the command line. All of Linode's pricing tiers feature hourly billing with a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services like backups and node balancers. Linode has fantastic pricing options available. Their plans start at one gig of RAM for only $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigs of RAM. As a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com material, you'll not only be supporting us, but you'll also get $20 towards any Linode plan. On the one gig of RAM plan, that's four free months. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash material to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit. Or use the promo code material2018 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for supporting the Material Podcast. So I think uh, I think now's a good time as any to jump into some listener feedback. 
Especially because we have some yes. from last week's show. <laughs> from youths and teens, no less, Flo. From youths? Remember, oh, remember? my gosh, it's so good. I know. Last oh, week right. we specula- speculated there's there's obviously no teens that listen to our show. There's there's one, I believe I mentioned mm. I met one on like a Rocket League server. I'm like, that's the only one. We heard from one other one. So I'm going to read okay, here from. Let's no, let me let, let's just make sure we we have it established that although this is not a video podcast, I am wearing a baseball cap, and now I have turned the bill of said cap slightly askew, thusly, uh, to indicate that I am in tune with the youths of today. Oh, I'm sure they which is not something that, that can be said of other podcast hosts, my age and younger, who are wearing baseball caps but are not wearing them askew. They're wearing they're wearing them the way that your dad or granddad were, with the <laughs> yeah. bill of the cap at the twelve o'clock position. If we uh, if we agree upon the the tip of your nose as the twelve o'clock uh, point of this clock. No, my mine is dad firmly developer. at two o'clock. Uh, I, let, let's uh, let's have it known. That's how hip I am, youths. <laughs> So, so Harry, Ke- Harry Kelly, that's a hard name to read. Harry Kelly uh, on Twitter writes, as a teen listener, you don't need to do anything to keep me as an Android user. Would take a Pixel over an iPhone any day. It's the reason I got my 2XL. So go, Harry. Yay. Pick the right phone for a start. Well done. Uh, and also, What got a the- hell of a paper route you must have. You know, must, you must come, if you can afford a Pixel 2XL, <laughs> either, either that or either that or let's, I, I shouldn't joke. You're, you probably have like some sort of like JavaScript consulting company and that you make more in two years than I make in a year and a half. Yeah, so Harry's laughing at us over his smashed avocado like on toast that he just paid 35 bucks for. He's like, suckers, freelance journalist versus me, whatever it is Harry does. He's, he's obviously loaded. Well done, Harry. Um, we did have one other bit of youth feedback as well. This is from someone I'm pretty sure is completely and utterly unbiased. Uh, I'm going to try and pronounce her name here. It's uh, Jasmine... <laughs> Evgena. Jasmina Evgena. I'm pretty sure that's how it's said. Uh, Jasmina Evgena <laughs> says, My sister's family switched to Project Fire and my niece reluctantly switched from an iPhone to a Pixel 2. She loves it, especially the camera. Times are changing. And I mean, Jasmina Evgena clearly doesn't work at Google and she clearly wouldn't disown anyone who perhaps wasn't carrying like a Google device at times. And she clearly doesn't advocate for this stuff 24 7. I mean, I haven't met. Jasmina Evgena, but if I did, I, I bet you she'd kill me if I had an iPhone. So, you know, there's there's no bias here whatsoever. I'm sure she's absolutely correct. Times are changing. Although I I, I do like the idea of this uh, this Jasmine uh, fellow uh, being the sort of kick butt <laughs> uncle or aunt who can basically have that kind of anger control over a niece or nephew. That's I, I would I would respect. Uh, Mr. 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 Yes, I do not have that control over the men in my family because my father <laughs> and my brother are both Apple users. So yeah. I, well, anyway, we don't need to talk about that here. <laughs> uh, instead, we could talk about uh, some other really great listener feedback. This one's about accessibility in movies. And we kind of want to read this also as a pro tip for everyone out there to to kind of uh, know what's going on behind the scenes with some of your favorite apps. So uh, this comes from Steve. Steve wrote in, in episode 146, I heard you guys talk about the wonderful world of accessibility. I wanted to share a part of the accessible world with the three of you. On Netflix, go watch the new Lost in Space, but change the audio language to English described. To do this, if watching on the Netflix website... Once the show is playing, click on audio and subtitles. Change the audio to English, audio description. Now you can experience the show as I do. Netflix is great about adding audio description to the shows they make, and it's something that is available as soon as the show is available to everyone else. So 
describing visual parts of the show. I've seen some of that. So I'm one of those people, by the way, that watches television with closed captions because <laughs> I like to hear the dialogue. The dialogue is a very important part of the narrative yep. for me. Uh, it annoys the heck out of every one of my friends. Why do you do that flow? To which I use, you know, the excuse, I'm a writer. This, these are things I study. I study stories. So soon. Also, uh, speaking as a young person, uh, like many <laughs> like many young people, uh, I have suffered uh, partial hearing loss uh, because, of course, to all the loud bands yes. that I'm constantly like, you know, like the Nine Inch Nails and the Counting Crows and the other hip uh, loud music. <laughs> Not and so, and so, oh, oh, darn! All. I should, I, my, I have the wrong set of. I, I was, I'm reading from the blue <laughs> note cards. I should be reading from the red note. Okay. Well, what, what I'm what I'm saying is that you know my hearing is not flawless, and but it's not like I've you know I I need to hear with a cane or something like that. But nonetheless, keeping the keeping the captions on when I don't really want to like crank up the volume a little bit is like I'll, I'll, it's just these when sometimes there'll be like a kind of a rushed line of dialogue that I can kind of hear but not really and I wind up re- re- uh, rewinding because I don't know whether they're referring to oh my god the killer was Josh all along or did he say James or Josh and so yes so that's why I like oh, also also the cool thing about captions like they will translate if there is like a foreign so like on YouTube videos like there'll be like a a, a a host in a foreign land who speaks English fluently because she studied fluently, but when she's having a conversation with somebody like at a like a, at a, at a Shenzhen, uh, like Electronics Mart, you know she doesn't like tell us what conversation they're having. But it's cool because there's the auto like captioning that where they're just saying, "Oh, are you? Oh, who are you? Who, who are you shooting this for? Oh, well, it's just shooting for myself. I have, a, I have a YouTube channel. Oh, wow, what is it? Can I see it? Like, oh yeah, no, it's going to be up in a couple of days. Oh, great. Oh, wow, you're reviewing that camera. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm looking at right now. Which is not adding information to it, but it's like great. Now, now I know what they're talking about. Anyway. Well, so if you are curious about this feature, it's uh, this is built into Netflix. So they've also got a link at the bottom of their webpage to that lists all of the current programming that uses this uh, audio description feature. Uh, this is also available with some items on Amazon Video, which it's good to know, especially because you know you got your Prime account, you got your videos, uh, and there's also some over-the-air programming. I'm assuming that's a, that's referring to like YouTube TV. Uh, and also programming on PBS. Oh, I like that. I would expect the PBS app, public broadcasting <laughs> app, to have to you know think about the little ones. Anyway, so if you're interested, go to go to Netflix, check that out. Uh, shall we? Shall we move on to our next order of business? Indeed, uh, there's a, a really cool piece of news from today that we've all been listening for for quite a while. Uh, the long rumored feature of uh, the Chrome browser in which stupid, horrible, annoying videos, whether they're ads or whether they're like news items that automatically play whenever you click open a certain page. Now, Chrome will automatically mute the audio. And I wish that we could turn this into yet another diatribe against how horrible uh, people who uh, design bad ads are. For me, it's mostly like I, I'm, I'm I'm doing a podcast, my microphone is hot, and then I need oh wow was that 
God, who was the name of that of that person who got fired three months ago? Because I think that he was leaking information that, okay, here, let me just click to make sure I refresh myself on the story. Hi, many people have bought a brand new cable modem, but they're not really sure what kind of speeds they're going to get. It's like a, a video that was on, on, the, on the margins. And so anyway, so uh, the idea is that it will automatically mute all of these horrible, horrible audio things. Uh, being Google, they've tried to be really clever about it. So... Uh, hopefully it will not annoy you by not playing the audio of something you want to hear the audio of. So it tries to be a little bit smart. Like if you Naturally. interact. <laughs> yeah, so let's okay, I'm sorry. Good, good point. We will put air quotes around. Uh, well, smart. I just, a nest just sent me an unfamiliar face showed up at your door because my husband just came home. So it just reminded me. So anyway, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> Honey, what's this crap about me being an unfamiliar face? Yes. How come the UPS guy didn't trigger it? Honey. He's also the account owner, which is like, anyway. There you go. Know your owner, Nest. Anyway, aren't you a machine? Didn't you learn this? So anyway, uh, supposedly it won't it, it won't kick in if you're inter- if you interact with the video at all. Uh, if uh, it's after watching your past behavior of what you do on certain sites, it seems it believes that you don't mind auto playing video on this site. For instance, if you automatic uh, if like let's say it's a movie site or or just a, a blog right, that has a lot right. of videos, right? So it won't if it'll figure out that oh actually on this site he actually likes that, and you can also go into settings and manually like blacklist certain urls i imagine you can whitelist stuff as, as well i don't have i don't have it yet it's going to be rolling out this week uh supposedly people started seeing it today so but i have not been one of the lucky ones but thank goodness it's like so freaking annoying i'm just i'm filled with hate with so many people whenever i encounter an auto playing video and i shouldn't be i should be a lot more calm about such things well i mean the thing that we should be annoyed about is the marketers who put in their contracts the stipulation that there have to be videos that show up on mm. sites that blur sound in your face. Otherwise, they're not going to give the money to the website. Um, <laughs> it's really, it's really just a system of annoyances. But the Chrome extension, or rather, the Chrome ability to mute these things, is going to be super helpful and prevent all those times when I'm just wearing my headphones for silence for them accidentally blaring because I forgot <laughs> they were on. <laughs> oh, it is the worst. It turns out when you optimize for user interaction and absolutely no other statistic whatsoever uh, and, you know, a full page popover ad that just blares or one in the corner, like it gets user interaction. It gets people to go and click stop and then probably close your website. But you're like, I got my user interaction. The numbers are through the roof. And you're like, oh, please stop. So, UX, yeah. UX, UX. <laughs> um, speaking of UX, this is exciting. There's no relation there, but is the Pixelbook about to get a dual boot mode? So there's a Redditor who examined the latest Chrome OS comments and found that references to Alt OS, clever, Alt OS mode and a boot time OS picker, which is uh, or also a reference to vBoot Windows. So maybe Windows dual boot? Yeah, it could. Wouldn't, well, it'd be cool if the laptop that you spent over a thousand freaking dollars on that is as powerful <laughs> as a Windows notebook Seriously. could run something exactly other than Chrome OS or Fuchsia. Uh, and thirteen hundred dollars for this thing. I'm sorry, I, I stand corrected. Yes, I, I was trying. Or I was trying. Yeah, I think my eyes were rolling too too heavily to get me to say the say thirteen hundred dollars. But yeah, as usual, this is a uh, Chrome OS is open source, and so uh, some as as always, whenever there's like a new commit to uh, to the to the repository, everybody 
takes a look through to see if there's anything that they could turn into <laughs> a discussion topic on Reddit. And so apparently there's a new reference to an entity known as AltOS, A-L-T-O-S, uh, and some sort of facility Altus. so that you can hold down a key, some some opportunity to, when you boot, choose what OS you're going to. And then in conversation between people that are actually working on this, about discussion about, well, yeah, I, I'm okay with uh, routing it through vboot hyphen windows so long as it goes, which could be, it could refer to the container that most multimodal operating systems put stuff in i.e an actual draggable window or who knows maybe it means windows but yeah it would be <laughs> it's uh, the, the the because right now as much as i love uh the pixel book it really is gorgeous it really is like sort of like the solid gold toilet of of its kind where wow. it's like what why <laughs> like why do you ha- I, I know that i know i un- you don't have to explain to me why you want one of these but why do you want to have the most expensive one of these that could be possibly be made using one. using materials that can't possibly make it much better at all uh and so yes so if they were able to say no no it's not because i just want to make sure that when i'm in the conference room everybody knows that i'm one of only 23 people who 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 uh, who uh, respond directly to the ceo and you you people with the 300 chromebooks are just peons uh i i i would love to see more value come out of those pixel books so that maybe google will continue to make the pixel books because they're designed ideas seem to have a lot of traction based on how quickly they got the pixel phones uh, it, uh, revved up into really really cool phones that even the youths of today are hep to yeah thus and it would also uh establish some them <laughs> let me start that sentence over it would also help establish google a little more as a hardware company yeah i think so and i mean the, the reason this got a lot of attention i think is because um, I don't think we're alone. I think a lot of people want this functionality. Like Apple offers it, you know, on their, their MacBook line of computers. They, they try and hide it a little bit, but it is supported. You can install Windows. You can dual boot. You very know, through, supported. Very supported through Boot Camp. And that, that, I think, is the reason a lot of developers switched to using Macs in the, the days where you used to see Windows laptops everywhere. And suddenly Apple switched to Intel and you could run all your, you know, standard yep. Windowsy stuff. And a ton of developers are like, well, I can run Mac OS and I can run Windows this seems like the laptop for me. And all of a sudden, it didn't take very long. About a year or two later, you'd go to conferences or whatever and just Apple laptops everywhere among developers. Like that was the thing. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of demand for this. Like if I agree with Andy, like Chrome OS um, tablets and laptops and things, they're, they're very nice. They're very nice looking, especially the Google one. And $1,600 or $1,300 or whatever it is, is very expensive for a Chrome OS tablet. But you know what? If you're looking for an ultralight, sort of Windows, uh, sorry, I said tablet, I meant laptop. If you're looking for like an ultralight, uh, you know, Windows sort of laptop, that's that's the kind of price range they're in. Like if you want a nice looking one yeah. that, you know, has decent hardware and stuff, that's, you're kind of in that ballpark. So if you can get one that does both, maybe maybe that's cool. And also it's, it's not just about a dual boot. Uh, on my Mac, I, I don't. I, I've never set up a, a personal Mac as a dual boot system. But what I love is when I'm running virtualization software because it can run like practically native Intel code. So Windows boots and runs pretty much as fast as uh, as Mac OS. So if you had the ability to have a, a device that was still Chrome, but you could say Alt Tab into Windows for those one or two things that you absolutely need to have and still have the ability to, when you approach the, when you enter or leave the Chinese border to restore it to factory settings and then restore it back once you get, uh, once you get back to, uh, to open Wi-Fi, that's intriguing. 
Yeah. I just want to have Photoshop on a Chromebook. I'm just getting tired of this. <laughs> like, it's just, this is ridiculous. Why do I have to carry all this stuff with me just to work on the road? Why do I have to spend so much money just to work on the road? I just, I think that's ludicrous. Nobody has that kind of cash. <laughs> well, you should get into the lucrative business of freelance journalism. Yeah. Then you'll be raking in the simoleons, young lady. Or, or the even more lucrative business of uh, podcast advertising. I kid you not, uh, one of those ads just started playing audio as I clicked on our next story. But <laughs> the lucrative business of podcast advertising, I reckon we should go to our next ad and see just how lucrative it is. Yeah, no, I think I so. Think, I think we should slack off a little bit more. Yes, I am old enough to be many of your fathers, and so I would like to step into the role of telling awful jokes that embarrass you. If I can't drop you off in front of your high school wearing my robe and an old Chevy Nova, I can at least tell horrible jokes that make you just a little bit sick. This episode of Material is brought to you by Slack. Slack is a collaboration hub that lets you organize your team's work in easily searchable channels. You can use Slack for projects, interests, teams, or for your office. And when you do, you'll know all the right people are always in the loop, all the relevant information is in one place, and it's easy for new team members to get up to speed. Slack helps you dramatically reduce the number of emails you need to send, and it helps streamline your team's communication. With Slack, your team can make use of real-time messaging, video and voice calls, group file sharing, searchable archives, all in one easy-to-use app. Plus, you can use drag-and-drop file sharing that works with apps you already use, like Google Drive, Salesforce, Zendesk. And Slack works wherever you do. Their mobile apps for iOS and Android sync seamlessly, so you can always pick up right where you left off. I've been using Slack myself, actually, with my close friends. Yes, that's right. We planned our last vacation with our friends because, after all, vacations are a project. And what is a great way to plan a project by using Slack? Uh, our favorite feature, of course, is the Giphy feature, but also the fact that you can just add an emoji reaction to everything. So, yes, we do use Slack in a very social manner, but it's a very easy-to-use social manner. And, frankly... It's nice and organized. So to learn more about Slack, head to slack.com. That's slack.com. Very easy. Thanks to Slack for their support of Relay FM and for giving us an easy way to communicate uh, and plan our vacations for some of us. Slack, it's where the work happens. Okay, so confession time before we get to our next topic. Uh, when I lived in San Francisco, the great city of San Francisco, um, this was pre Salesforce tower days. I <laughs> didn't really know my way around when I first moved there. So the way I figured out how to get around town, because it's pretty small. So like technically you could walk from one end to the other in like three or four hours. Uh, I would look for landmarks. So whether it be like a restaurant or the thing that worked the most is if I look toward the hills, I know I'm going toward uh, Twin Peaks. And if I look toward the ocean, I know that I'm going toward Embarcadero. Anyway, that is to say, apparently, Google Maps is going to experiment with some of these sort of, you know, landmarks to help people like me actually find our way around the world. Because <laughs> let me tell you, it is not easy to find street names in busy cities. It is not easy to locate street names when you are also trying not to hit pedestrians, not to smash into an <laughs> Uber Jesus. that's parked on the side of the road. Preach and listen, sister. I should take public trans. I should. 
I should take Bart into the city, but sometimes I have to drive. All right. And when I have to drive, I appreciate something like Google Maps, which I always, always use. Anytime I get in the car, I fire up Android Auto and I get this going, which by the way, that begs the question, is this going to work with Android Auto? Yeah, I would think so. It's just, it's reading directions from Google Maps. So I can't see why it wouldn't. All right. So it is going to say things like turn right after the Burger King. And see now, but this is this is the this is doubly interesting. Number one, yes, I absolutely agree that this is the way to help people navigate. Uh, you know, just just don't help have it in navigate. New England mode. It'll be like, okay, now you want to look, look look for the Dunkin' Donuts coming up on your left. No, 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 not not no, not the first Dunkin' Donuts, the second Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> the one next to the Stop and Shop. Okay, take that left. Then you're gonna look for another Dunkin' Donuts. Now this is sort of a, a goes to like a Y in the street near Church Street, and there's a Dunkin' Donuts that'll take you to Wellesley, and then there's another Dunkin' Donuts at the fork Wellesley. that will take you to Newtonville. You don't want to go to Newtonville, yeah. So that so maybe, but see, so that's the 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 problem with this system is that uh, what's what's happening is that they're experimenting with the feature. Some users are like tweeting out that hey, what I'm just see I just <laughs> Google Maps just told me to turn left at the Burger King, and other people have also encountered these, but it's all <laughs> turn left at, or turn right at the White Castle. They're all like fast food restaurants. <laughs> to, so again, if it is a Dunkin' Donuts in New England, that's not going to be helpful at all. But also, it makes you wonder if uh, a now, I, I, it could be one of – it's Google, so it could be one of two things. It could either be this is an advertising opportunity to like to make this into like you know some some people will get Starbucks directions. Some people will get post office directions mm-hmm. uh, depending on who the advertiser is and what they mm-hmm. want you to do. But mm-hmm. the other thing that could be because it's Google is they could have figured out numerically that there are just so many like Dunkin' Donuts and Burger Kings and Starbucks that that is the most – there's always going to be a Starbucks in near the turn where this person wants to make. And so that's why they're focusing on fast food restaurants. So as much as I want a conspiracy theory, this about being some sort of, you know, conspiracy theory, uh, I think it just is something a little more practical. The fact that Google already has all this data about where these restaurants are located. It has already immediately pinpointed in Google Maps. So naturally it would make it easy to just have an algorithm, a machine, let's say, uh, go in and pick out these things easily and immediately make those connections for you. So as you're driving down the street, it goes, you know, a little machine goes, hey, Ping, by the way, there's a Dunkin' Donuts over there on that corner. So maybe (laughs) remind her of that. And so then it would, you know. Well, actually, okay, you you did, you, the word conspiracy did trigger like the the lizard part of my brain. Let's say let's okay. Let's say that Google Maps, uh, the, the Google Maps project uh, there, they know that uh, they they know that algorithmically there must be uh, there must be a Jiffy Lube near here somewhere, or we we've had conflicting reports of whether the Jiffy Lube has closed down. They could just simply say, okay, now turn right at the Jiffy Lube. And they know that if someone drives like another two miles without turning right, okay, I guess that Jiffy Lube isn't there anymore. <laughs> or they could say, well, I, you know, this, this is too long a stretch of highway for there not to be a McDonald's here. So let's just simply say turn right at the McDonald's. Then wherever that person turns right, that's where you put the we'll new pointer readjust. in Google Maps. 
okay, we just found ourselves a new yeah. McDonald's. You you laugh, Andy, but that's actually how Waze works. I don't know if either of you have seen that explainer uh, video from Nat and Flo. Oh, no. Flo, I've actually never watched it, and I'm day, that, sorry, Waze. That's literally how they, what they do. They send people down roads that they're not 100% sure down uh, how to navigate or that might have changed or they've had sort of reports out, and they just see what they do. They're like, okay, let's send a few people down there and <laughs> oh, see wait, what happens. Oh, wait, this is why people are getting really angry. I think there was like uh, some in L.A., yeah, there was this there was this road that is like super, super steep and narrow that your car probably can't make it to the top of. And it's also very residential. So people are basically finding out, finding out that they should have read in the manual how their emergency brake works. And then when they don't, again, finding out how an airbag deployment feels. So that's that's <laughs> oh good gosh. reason to be to complain. Concrete you know, is strong. First time for everything. <laughs> You know, like having a security company call you. The, do you. Do you need the police? That that was the first time thing that happened to me today. And turn right at the like, blaring sirens near Flo's house. You're like, what? Oh, okay. You know, it's it's too it's too bad you're it's too bad you're married. Not 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 for you as a couple. But I'm saying that if you weren't married, this would be the perfect meet cute story. Oh. For- <laughs> He came and disabled my alarm. Okay, but I don't need him to disable it because I can disable it myself with the touch of a button. That would be the story. He came in with like yes. all this stuff, and you're like, "Yeah, actually, I already stapled it." He's like, "Yeah, okay, uh, welcome fine. to 2018. <laughs> uh, this is where we are now." Yes. Now, uh, I had to, there was a really good article on Gizmodo that I really, really liked. I wanted, uh, I wanted to like call your attention to. Um, you ever heard of Leah Kisner? I had not. Uh, she's yes, the- I tweeted this. Oh, <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Sorry. Oh no! You think you should take it. It's it's like I, I've uh, I had heard of I've heard of the team inside Google that's responsible. That's sort of like a self-contained firewalled fiefdom that's only responsible for looking out for user privacy. So much so that they could light a match to any project. Every project has to essentially go through this team, which I now know is called Nightwatch, which means it's twice which as cool amazing. as I thought that it was. Exactly. And it has a code name like that. You know, it's good. So 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 it's not so it's not like this uh, that the team I should. Point, I should point out, and this is really well illustrated in this profile that Gizmo published. It's not this team that says, uh, "Excuse me, I, I was I was uh, reading on the, uh, uh, on the on your project message board that you were uh, encrypting." Well, I don't want to say the word encrypting, but uh, you're storing the data in a way that I'm 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 not really I'm sorry, it's not really the way that should be done. And I thought that it'd be oh, could I talk to like one of your interns to? No, it's like if you if your project is going forward, if you're about to like d- deploy this. Google project, you have to go. You have you have a meeting with Leah Kisner. You have a meeting with Nightwatch, and if she, have a if meeting she, with Nightwatch, exactly. A, 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 a who who and she just yells uh, at you. Where is it? Where is it? Your code vulnerabilities. Where are they? Oh my God! The the passcode to get into her office. It must be at least thirty eight <laughs> digits, all upper and lowercase characters, multiple hashes. But she, but she has that. The, the, she has the the power to simply stop your project cold and prevent it from being released if it's something that no, you 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 haven't thought this part out, or this is this introduces a weakness that we can't allow. So guess what? You're not, it won't be canceled. But I'm saying you get to go go back, go to go to go directly to go. Do not collect a hundred dollars. You have to start all over again. Uh, and so. 
I the uh, I'll, I I pulled out a couple of quotes here because so much of it I really really liked. Uh, Kisner's responsibilities include making sure that Google's infrastructure behaves the way it's supposed to, transmitting user data securely, and not leaving bits of data hanging around in the wrong spots. If someone sends an email, it needs to not leak in transit. If someone deletes that email, uh, it has to actually go away without leaving a residual copy on a maintenance server. Another part of the job is making sure Google's products behave the way users expect them to. This also involves considering how someone with malicious intent might take advantage of a Google product and patching up those holes before they're exploited. Uh, <laughs> there is a uh, Kisner uh, about her background. Kisner gave up her early fascination with robots as a child to study cryptography instead, which she jokes was, was a decision owed to both the toxicity of solder fumes in robot construction and fascination with difficult math. They're quoting her here. I have a lot of feelings for combinatorics and for group theory and for number theory. That stuff is beautiful, she says, then corrects herself. Sorry, number theory is cute. Abstract algebra is beautiful. And like, oh. My heart is beating. Tell me, I, tell, tell me your staff needs a writer because I have resumes. <laughs> mine, I mine, just, not every other people's, mean, mine. I just have to say, first of all, like, I really enjoy reading about anybody who loves their job this much and who yeah. loves what they do for a living and who has found something that they are this passionate about to like call it beautiful. Because honestly, that's what I strive. Well, this is me personally, but that's what I strive to have in my career. Just this like I'm it's a relationship anyway. I just wanted to say it was a very beautiful part of the interview. But also, um, this comes a lot from Google. There's a lot of a lot of there's a lot of talk out there about how much the company actually does for its security. And I don't think it's in vain. I think that it is I think it is a very important part of, frankly, their public outreach is to do is is to allow this kind of uh allow these kind of conversations to take place because I remember when Android the monthly Android security updates and before those times remember we didn't have monthly security yep. updates you were lucky to get one at all it's a little bit e- a little bit better in this day and age a little bit better a couple of years on but back then I remember there was a lot of uh there was a lot of I mean I had even written an article talking to uh, one of Google's head security engineers about like what goes on behind the scenes. And the thing is, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. These are really big teams because this is a really big global company. And you have to expect that they're going to want to tell us about what's going on there. <laughs> like <laughs> for us to keep using their stuff because yeah, they we kind of owe it to us. Yeah. We're giving them a lot of data. And yeah, we're getting stuff in return for free, sure. But giving them a lot of personal data yeah it's there's the the cynical the cynical reaction to this which i admit i did type into the show notes is that isn't it interesting that that google decided to make her available to gizmodo for this this in-depth extended conversation around about a time when facebook is getting hammered for not being careful with people's privacy and also that apple is hammering google and facebook for not caring about people's privacy but at the same time if we can't understand exactly how Google does its business, Google still has a responsibility to explain, to convince us uh, authentically that, no, we do take this seriously. We're not in the business of trying to uh, – we, we are in the business of, of learning about you so that we can, A, improve our products and make you like them more. 
but also sell uh, better ads uh, based on you. But understand that we take your privacy and your security seriously. This is this is a core value of the company. And it's something that I've come – it's one of the reasons why I tend to trust Google so much is that over the years, I've spoken to so many people inside Google. And we're not talking about, hey, mark, PR marketing has offered you an interview with this person. I'm talking about hanging out with people and also hanging out with people who used to work in Google and used to work in security. And I have always come away with the with the knowledge that they take this super, super seriously. That oh, it's, yeah. It's that, that for them, it's uh, – if imagine a piece of f- a freshly piece, a ch- fresh, freshly deposited piece of gum, like on a sidewalk, and this and this is the idea of like security and privacy. Okay. Facebook would say, you know, it looks like it was just like five seconds on this sidewalk. It's not like there's dog hair on it. I bet that's still a good piece of gum, and they'd pop it in their mouths. Google correctly would say, hell. What the hell's wrong with you? You no, you don't do that. If you find gum on the sidewalk, at you least leave wash it, it there. Off first. Exactly. <laughs> wipe it off. Wipe it off on your pants. But, no, but, that, but that, that's what I'm talking about. Hopefully, that was better than an amusing analogy. Hopefully, it was amusing. But whereas Facebook feels as yeah. though privacy is something that we can breach, privacy is something that's not terribly important unless we really screw it up. Here's 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 the here's the circumstances under which we can you know, reach for a light switch while we're standing inside a bathtub. Google understands that. No, you know, this is important. You can't, we can't go forward with it institutionally. They can't go forward with this. If we do not protect this part of the data, if we not keep this secure, there was a really cool, uh, <laughs> cool quote, uh, story that uh, Kissner told about how, she, uh, again, she is to the core, a cryptographer. She's not, again, a, just a good general engineer who mm-hmm. took this job. Uh, so she had this idea of how they could in, how they could encrypt data that was being sent to Google so that by the time it lands on Google even Google does not have access to this private user data uh and he was look she was looking into it and working on it and talking to lawyers about it and then when they did the math they figured out that if they were to implement this <laughs> this system uh whether it worked as advertised or not it would require the entire computing power of every server that Google owns oh therefore being somewhat impractical for implementation but nonetheless this is why she keeps her ear to the ground on crypto conferences i mean as she, as she was going to do anyway but specifically to see if there's any way of cracking this problem because like like you said, Flo, she she seems to look. You get the impression she really loves this job, and she's not going to drop an idea just because twenty eighteen technology can't research can't support it. Maybe twenty nineteen, twenty twenty, twenty thirty technology will support it if there's still a Google and if there's still a planet. Russell, you got anything to say? Uh, I do, and I think you two have already kind of pointed this out. I, I think this team definitely exists. I, I definitely think that this is what they do, and I get the same impression Andy does. I've talked to a lot of people inside Google, um, and I don't really talk to PR people at all because I'm not a reporter. It's always developers yeah. and former developers and that sort of thing, and they do you take the it real people. super seriously. It is worth pointing out, though, that the timing of this article is is rather convenient considering what's going on with Facebook and regulation in the U.S., and and the sort of like hubbub that's going on about that. Like I'm sure this team existed before. I'm not suggesting they just created or anything like that. It's been around a long time. But we, we do acknowledge that the, the timing of this article is, uh, is very timely, if you want to put it that way. Like the fact that this is now, you know, a Gizmodo uh, article that was written up is, is convenient for, for Google because they'll be like, look, we're different to Facebook. And I honestly believe that they are. But, 
yeah, I do acknowledge that it's convenient to be like, now, like, they're bad, we're not. Please regulate them, but try not to regulate us if, <laughs> if you like. I just, I just love hearing about badass people. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's, I'm, all, I'm always in favor of a good badass profile. I mean, and she she has badassery on her <laughs> QV, definitely uh, her CV rather. Uh, but what what one thing that before we move on that I wanted to yes. single out, uh, which is maybe one of the most important details, uh, yes. is uh, that she has built her team to make sure that it's a di- it's a diverse team from all mm-hmm. di- representing all kinds of different people that and not only is that a good thing to do the right thing to do just in and of itself but it also underscores that uh, the, the re- one of the reasons why they do it is because she wants to have as many different backgrounds and skill sets as possible so that they'll be better at rec- recognizing privacy problems that people with other backgrounds and other histories might not have seen at all. Uh, they, they, you know, there was a part that I didn't understand. They even said mm-hmm. that uh, they wish that they could hire and uh, they could have an unemployed person like working on the team because that would be a different perspective of how so, how somebody who doesn't have a job would she be could have would someone be accessi- working for us for free. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> but the problem is that once we hire them, they're no longer unemployed. So we, unless they, we don't pay so, them, James. exactly. We could just sort of. Well, also, well, you know, if if they require them, if they tell them that no, you can't work from you can't work from home, you have to move to Mountain View. They will be at an income level as though they were unemployed by the time they find housing and. You know, and 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 babysitting. Yeah, because they'll be commuting three hours every day, uh, <laughs> each way. Uh, <laughs> so, well, I'm wondering too. What? So, what does that mean if they're recruiting people with different skill sets? Like, just everybody? I, I see how I see how they go. I'll I'll t- I will I can uh, I can t- equate this to my presence on my high school math team because uh, I was not the best student in math i was you know I, I was in the the that special class of students that essentially was killing the class average for everybody else but nonetheless of the other six kids on the math team oh my god they were so fast so much faster than i was at anything doing yeah, math i was I, I, I was more of a meditative contemplative mathematician but the reason why i was on True. the math the reason why I was on the math team and the reason when I made contributions, they were be, it, it came because these five or six people were absolutely stuck. And the reason why I came up with the answer was because whereas they tried to recognize what the problem was and how to do it, I started off by thinking, okay, imagine that I'm the I'm the person who's writing this this question on the on the uh, on the uh, on the quiz or on the uh, the the math sports comp- competition thing. Ma- math uh, mathletes. Thank you. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so whereas they they would like you know that you get you get uh, you know whatever two minutes or whatever to solve this problem, uh, and they're the other five would be like grinding on the problem. I'd be thinking, okay, assume that I'm like a math teacher or a math professor who's writing this question for this competition. Now, I okay, I probably wouldn't. It probably wouldn't require this technique because that's way too much time to do in two minutes, uh, unless there's a super super shortcut. And I don't see this as the format of a shortcut. I it probably would be either technique A. B or C because you'd grind on it and then figure out that you have to do this this other way that collapses to something simple. So let's assume it's either A or B. Then now the answer would have to be something. And I basically I would unpack it from the other end and say so the answer is fourteen point eight. 
And then I would sort of announce this to the rest of the team. But I have only like two two pieces of scratches on my paper because I've just been sort of psychoanalyzing the question about how it could collapse. And then I have to sort of back up to do the math to actually point to 14.8. And then again, if it's a situation where they're they are stuck, they've simply accept they would simply accept that this is going to be the answer we're going to give because the only answer that we can give and it would probably be right because again if if it were a question that they could have solved they would have solved it in 10 seconds way faster than i could it's because i was attacking this like a locksmith or a safe cracker that i i, I was i was i was kobayashi marooing this sort of thing so yes this was an excuse to talk tell us tell a boring story about high school but i'm saying that you need people who think differently you need some some you need some person who's going to attack uh, look for a weakness uh, with the attitude of a mathematician you need someone who's going to uh, attack the problem for weaknesses uh, as a sociologist they're going to be people who are going to attack the problem like a safe cracker and you could even i'm sure just get a hire a burglar who could simply say that i would be waiting for somebody to leave the i'm not i'm not going to wait until it's dark at night because when it's dark at night people are home i'm going to try to break in when people are at work i don't care that there and because there's going to be lots of lights because it's daylight i'm certainly not going to be in a in a in a dark costume i'm going to be dressed in an overall with a patch a little bit too much about this well you know i i went to i I put myself through rensselaer polytechnic i was let's say i was self-employed and let's say that i graduated you know skyrim teaches you a lot about robbing houses too actually (laughs) Put, put a bucket on someone's head and then you can steal whatever you want Yes, or, you know, just go between the times of 3 p.m. and 5 p.m. It says in the game FAQ. Like, why are you telling me this? Um, Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. I've enjoyed it as well. Russell, have you enjoyed it? Likewise. Let's hope that the, the, the listeners are also on board with having enjoyed this. I have a little thing to put out there for the listeners, actually. Uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about bonus episodes between the three of us. So, you know, we've mentioned some on the show in the past couple of weeks. So really, I think what you as a loyal and loving listener of the three of us, because it's true, you do, you should email us at relay.fm slash material, where our contact information is. And you should let us know what you're thinking. You know, hey, if I had a bonus episode of the Material Podcast with Andy, Flo, and Russell, what would I want to listen to them do (laughs) for a while? Besides talk about Google. Uh, Because really, we could talk about that all the, you know, talk about that all day long, because that's a big company. For the right amount of money, we will be your performing monkeys. Just, you know, don't don't scrimp. If you really want to be want performing monkeys, performing monkeys cost. I, I do kids' birthday parties as well. There you go. Also, I mean, costume? Flo- <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I just tell them all about Google and the wonders of Google. I'm just like that uh, Jasmine Evgen fellow. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, I'm going to say that a few more times. If you don't get that reference, you need to go back and listen to our previous shows. Somewhere Jasmine is so angry at us. And she, you, you, I am and you scared know, you for know, you. you know, I just want you to know that's why I. You know how determined time. she is when she locks on a goal. That goal happens. So I just hope that that goal does not involve harming us or harming you, Russell, who came up with that joke to begin with. I, I, I mean, Flo and I are because I am actually going to be around you in a few weeks' time. You use the J word exactly. Exactly. You, Russell. You're right. You're right, Flo. You, Russell, don't try to suck us down into your miasma of of, of ill performance here. I, I think I think the one of us who's not attending Google I should take the flow. Uh, the the flow? The fall. The fall. Take the fall. <laughs> Sorry, I was projecting that. Uh, are we, are we, I was are we doing flow. a rap wow. battle now? <laughs> wow. 
Uh, hey, Andy, you won't be here next week, but we'll miss you, by the way. Thank you very much. And I will probably be, I'm, I'm going to be in New York uh, in a trip that was supposed to be one day, one Saturday, just to see a show. And because I thought, hey, why don't I make this tax deductible by turning into a business trip? I'll just schedule one meeting and now it's like five days. But again, I will be able to see two shows and I don't know, maybe feed squirrels in Central Park if they haven't made that illegal yet. Uh, but yeah, so you can see I'll probably be Instagramming part of it uh, as usual uh, to see my stuff. Go to uh, Twitter or uh, or Instagram at Anatko, I-H-N-A-T-K-O, or go to Anatko.com for my blog. Russell. Thanks for putting up with my insanity today. <laughs> that's all right. I love your insanity. That's that's why I'm here. Um, I also might not be here on this week. I feel like one of those um, annoying people when you send out a Facebook invite and they press the maybe button. It's like, what does that mean? Are you coming? Are you not coming? I need to know like one way or the other. I don't want a maybe. <laughs> um, I'm giving you a maybe for next week, Flo, because I'm also traveling. So I don't know my schedule as yet, but I should know in a few days' time. So if you want to see me next week, I guess get excited that I might be there. And if you hate my voice and you're like, yes, this might be finally an episode without Russell. Like I, I have something for everyone. So you can also find me at twitter.com slash Rusty Shelf if you want to find out more about me. And as for me, I'm going to be your only host for sure next week. So... <laughs> Until then, though, you should go to FlorenceION.com because I just put up my new blog uh, last week at FlorenceION.com. I haven't written anything else since last week, but that's because I'm, you know, working for money, as people do, uh, especially those of us who, you know, are adults. Uh, And I just want to thank everybody out there for tuning into the Material Podcast every single week because we love being here with you every single week. And on that note... We're just going to say sorry an hour for now. Just for now. Oh, 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 oh.